Hello, Stitchers. Welcome to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. I'm your host, Lisa Woolfork. I'm a fourth-generation sewing enthusiast with more than 20 years of sewing experience. I am looking forward to today's conversation. So sit back, relax, and get ready to get your stitch together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stitch Please podcast. I am your host, Lisa Woolfork. And like I say every week, this is a very special episode. Because this episode is the last episode for our Blacktober of 2022. I call it Blacktober because I like to center and concentrate on Black costumers, Black designers, but mostly folks working in cosplay and costuming. And so we've had a really wonderful month so far. If you have not had a chance to go back and listen to those episodes, I invite you to do so. And if you are listening to this and you are not part of our Black Women Stitch Patreon community, why not? You are welcome to join because you get to see what I am seeing. And I am currently seeing the Kia Sangria. (laughs) And when I tell you Kia is a fantastic costume creator, cosplay, sewist, and someone who is really committed to the work of creative visioning for Black folks in play. And I think that play, the play that is involved in cosplay, is just one of the many ways that we extend into the fullness of our lives. I do not think of cosplay as something that is a trifle, nor do I think of costuming as a trifle. These are the things that light our hearts on fire. These are the things that make us smile and bring us joy. And the fact that we get to talk with Kia today, who is an absolute delight. Well, you might remember her from uh, the Black Fay Day episode, and she was an ambassador for that important project. And now she's back on her own because I just had to hear about what she was cooking up for this Halloween season. It feels like this time of year, the October time is like the Super Bowl or the championship for cosplayers. Right. Like this is where y'all put it all on the line. So welcome, Kia Sangria. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. Um, always absolutely a pleasure to talk to you. I had so much fun with our conversation for Fade and I have so much to share with you from like I am ready to hear it. I am absolutely ready to hear it. Now, those of you all who might not know, you have got to tell us, I know this is an old story for you, but it is one of my favorite stories. You have got to tell us how you got engaged at a con. (laughs) I really feel like for people to understand your commitment to cosplay, they have to understand this particular feature. Because what I'm looking at in her studio, everybody, is her dress form and her husband's dress forms. So these are things that are like just a feature of her sewing life. You have got to tell this story. I do love it so much. Okay, so just for full transparency, I actually met my husband in cosplay back in 2012. I didn't even know what he looked like because he was wearing a Deadpool mask. But oh my gosh, he had just this infectious energy that was just so polarizing. He has such a very polarizing personality. And I tell him every day, I'm like, you have an energy that is so warm and impossible to ignore. And you're so 
funny. Like, uh, when you ask, like, oh, why him? I was like, he makes me laugh. <laughs> I mean, I don't know the comic Deadpool. I know the movie Deadpool with Ryan Reynolds. And I think Deadpool is hilarious. He's incredibly funny. A very hilarious character. For me personally, my husband represents one of the more positive aspects of cosplay, which is not just someone in a costume, but they're actually like becoming the character. Yes. My husband wears that costume. The costume does not wear him because he was a I theater kid, improv and stuff like that. Yes, my husband is just as talented as I am. I love it. I just love it. So you meet, yeah. but you kind of don't meet. You meet him as Deadpool. And who are you? I was also dressed as Lady Deadpool. <laughs> Well, this is how you know you have something in common. You just happen to show up at the same con wearing the same costume. It was a time. Again, don't know this guy, but obviously we're into the same things. We have the same love of comics and stuff. We kind of like we bonded over that. Fast forward to like 2014. At the time, we were dressing up as the comic book version of Deadpool. In the comic books, Deadpool gets married to this succubus named Sheikla. So we decided that for New York Comic Con that year, okay, we're going to dress up as Deadpool and Sheikla. Oh. And we're going to go to the con. The artist that created Sheikla's character was also at Comic Con this year. So I was like, oh, no. we're going to go like visit the artist and show him the costume that I made. And it'll be fun. So I'm with my friend, two of my friends, and we go to meet the artist whose name is Riley Brown, by the way. Absolutely amazing artist. Riley Brown. Riley we'll make Brown. a note yes. of that in the show notes so you can find some of Riley Brown's work. So we visit his booth at New York Comic Con and I'm like, you know, chatting it up. Like, oh, I made this costume. Thank you so much for creating this badass of a woman for Deadpool. And so I'm just geeking out because, oh my gosh, I'm dressed as this character at the con, so like that. And then my husband, at the time my boyfriend, gets on his knees and I'm kind of still chatting up Riley like I'm not even <laughs> and remember I really like how you're doing this drawing and you see I did the same thing here at the shoulder seam see thank you so much I love your work I'm just you know <laughs> going over the details and stuff like that like oh this was really hard but I figured it out and as I'm going off and just geeking and like completely not paying attention my husband gets on his knees and presents a ring so when I catch him at my peripheral and I just look to the side I'm like what are you doing? Because for me, I thought, is this a bit? Because we didn't practice anything. Why are you down there on one knee? This is weird. You got me off guard because if we're supposed to be doing a bit, I wasn't prepared. And now I'm embarrassing myself because I don't know what's going on. So I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> and like, my friend is on the other side. She's like, oh my God, girl, it's real. I was like, it's real? <laughs> I'm like, for real? Right here? And like, on the real? No oh color. my gosh. <laughs> right here. So we made the artist entire Comic Con experience. Oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, like he drew this character who was the wife to this other character and got to witness two people dressed as these two characters get engaged right in front of him. In the audience was also a Cosmo magazine reporter. So we did end up in Cosmo after the proposal as Deadpool and Sheikla. And so when it came to like planning our wedding, we were just like, you know what? We started off meeting each other in costumes. So we're going to start our new life together the same way. So in the comic book where Deadpool and Sheikla got married, I think all of the Marvel Universe was invited to this wedding. So what me and my husband did was we went to our friends and we're like, hey, listen, this is going to be anything but a traditional wedding, but we want everyone to choose somebody from this guest list 
and make a cosplay for our wedding day a year from now. And we had created a whole Facebook group for it and everything. And folks were like posting their updates. Oh, look at my work in progress. Oh, my gosh. One of my favorite costumes was one of our friends. His name is James Ryan. Mm -hmm. James was an avid Deadpool cosplayer, same as my husband was. So he had several different Deadpool suits. He took each of those suits and took them apart and then stitched them into one suit specifically for this wedding day. And I thought that that was absolutely incredible. I mean, I had friends who had never actually cosplayed before, cosplay specifically for this wedding. Like it was their first time because normally some of them like, oh, I'm just a photographer. I don't do this. Right. But I was like, for me, please try because I know you'll have a good time. Yes. Like some of those people went on to continue cosplaying like after the wedding. They're like, oh my gosh, I love this now. I'm like, see, like I'm so happy that I was able to get you to do this thing for my special day because now you found a new love and dressing up. And yeah, it's been great. It's like love on love on love. It's like you two love, love each other. You also love cosplay. You are celebrating your love for each other and you are using the vehicle through which you met, which was cosplay, and extending that and inviting other people to participate in that too. I mean, it's just like oh, yeah. love on love on love. Well done. Valentine's Day is my favorite holiday, by the way. I love love and I love to share that with people. Even at the wedding, this was before James and his wife got engaged, but they asked, they were like, hey, Kia, like I'm feeling some things tonight. I have a really special song that's really special to me and James. Can we play it? And I went right to my DJ and I was like, listen, I need you to play this song for this couple over here, okay? And he's like, oh. what? I was like, I need you to play this song for this couple over here. And I'm just like, yeah, girl, if you feel in the vibe, let's keep it going. It was so fun because I know wedding day is for the bride and stuff like that, but it was really special for me to get to share yeah. just the love that I have for my husband, but the love that I have for cosplay with the people that have been a part of our cosplay relationship and friendships. Yeah. So it felt more like a con than a wedding because it was in the, at an old school Italian venue. And even the staff was like, I wish I had brought my kids. And I was like, you could have. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. I love that. And I think that's such a beautiful way for us to start our conversation today, because it seems as though love is the anchor. It is. Right. It's love. It's love of creativity and showing that love through the acts of making of sewing and stitching and unsewing sometimes and adding the hot glue and putting this and the embroidery and all of the research that it takes to get it to build in a way that you want. It just feels really powerful. So tell me, what are you looking forward to for this particular cosplay season? What is 2022 bringing to you? Because I have seen you with, I think Simplicity sent you a box of something. And I was like, what is this box that Simplicity has sent here? I need to have a whole podcast episode because I'm nosy. Yeah, so they definitely did send this box. It was a huge box. I did not realize how big this thing was going to be when it showed up to my house. It basically started, they emailed me and they're like, hey, listen, one of our staff saw one of your videos. And for me, I'm still trying to grow my YouTube channel. I'm off to very humble beginnings, which is totally fine with me because it's part of the process. And I enjoy making videos for like everyone that needs them, you know? Yes, yes. So it kind of dawned on me. I was like, which video did you see, girl? Because <laughs> I got a lot of videos. And that's one of the great things you're all about, Kia. Like, for example, in the Black Fade Day group, if there's a question or how do you do this or someone approaches you and says, oh, I'm stuck, Kia will make a video. 
and show you how to do it and then send you the video or post the video. And that is pretty rare. Not a lot of folks are going to go out of their way. They might tell you a few things, but it takes something, I think, very generous to create an entire video to show somebody something. Oh, yeah. I'll do anything for anybody when it comes to this. I actually get most of my content ideas from things that I look for on YouTube. And if I can't find it, then it's like, okay, well, then I'm going to be the change that I want to see. So I love it on how to do this particular insert thing here because I'm like, I'm not seeing anyone demonstrate it clearly. So I'll go ahead and be like, okay, I'm going to upload this video. And you know, sometimes when I upload those videos, it was for me to begin with. Months later, somebody else is probably going to come looking for the same thing and then they'll find my video because that's actually happened to me quite a few times on YouTube where a video that I uploaded two years ago, in my opinion, didn't do well. And then all of a sudden it starts getting this traction because folks are asking me questions like, oh, I just bought this pack. But I'm stuck on insert step here. And then it's just, okay, well, now that I'm further along in my selling journey, I can give you a better technique than what I used in your video. And then I'll just write out a whole explanation in the YouTube comments. (laughs) I'll write out a whole explanation in the YouTube comments, like a whole essay. Actually, last night, someone asked me, they were like, I'm trying to gather this fabric, but the thread keeps breaking. And I was like, okay, send me a photo of your machine because I'm going to take a look at your settings and tell you where you need to be. And then if not, I'm going to just draw it on a little piece of paper for you and just demonstrate what it should look like if you're doing it. Yeah, I absolutely love that. So when Simplicity reached out to me and they're like, hey, listen, we want to send you this box of cosplay notions and stuff like that, accessories. I was absolutely honored because I was just like, I don't necessarily do any of the things that I do for brand recognition, but it's really nice that folks notice, folks in charge take notice of the work that I'm trying to accomplish out here. Yes. So I was really excited. And so this big box arrived to my house. I do have an unboxing on Instagram. I have a unboxing to showcase what's in it. But basically this box came with patterns. It came with different types of ribbons and trim, some really expensive laces and stuff like that that I had my eye on. Just couldn't hold up. Good. A calendar, which is nice for planning projects. Also a journal, which is good for writing down different sewing machine settings. Because for me personally, if I figure out a setting and I like the way a stitch looks, I will literally write down like the project and stuff so I can reference it. So it was really helpful to have that. I actually just finished collaborating with Simplicity and McCall's on a project for last week, which was basically a short reel encouraging people to consider using costume patterns when it comes to their projects. Because through cosplay and through costume patterns that they provide for us, yes. the market, yes. I'm able to become whoever or whatever I want, whenever I want. It's really fun to have that kind of power. Just go ahead and do something. I don't know. This weekend was really big. This past weekend was actually New York Comic Con in New York City. Yes. So you've got to tell us you were there. I was there. I think you were doing some sewing, maybe some things you were finishing up. Was this like off the presses sewing? So I did a panel on Sunday, yesterday, actually, on cost fashion and combining cosplay and fashion together and what that's like for me and how I do that. And one of the things that I spoke about was using like sewing patterns because I think they're really affordable option, especially if you you want to learn how to make your own things. They're very accessible. Yeah, well, I just kind of went into the accessibility of patterns, especially because they've come such a long way from where they were back when my grandma was making things for my mom and stuff. 
So that was a really successful panel. Folks had lots of questions about costumes. And as always, I tell people all the time, I am a resource. Please don't be afraid to apply to my DMs and like ask me questions because I'm here to help you. That's what I like to do. I like to share what I know. I like to gain more knowledge. But New York Comic Con was absolutely packed this year. But the costumes were amazing. The cosplayers that come to New York Comic Con, they bring it every year. Like, I was just yes. so inspired. And oh, it's such a good time getting to see because... I see people cosplay the same character and they'll all look different. And it's so good. It's so good. Now, can you tell me a little bit more about cos fashion? This idea that you have combined cosplay and fashion. So you were speaking about this at New York Comic Con. Do you have a short definition for those who might not know what cause fashion is? I think I have an idea, but I would rather hear from the expert. What is cause fashion? It's really just your most fashionable take on cosplay. Trying to think of a character off the top. Let's take a Disney princess, for example. Okay. They're known for their big ball gowns and stuff like that, which is really nice. But maybe instead of using a cosplay pattern, maybe you go and get yourself a Vogue dress pattern. And you make a gown. And for example, let's take Tiana. You make maybe a nice light green satin gown with a Vogue pattern, something with the train, something that gives couture. Same accessories and stuff like that. Go ahead to Party City, get you a little accessories (laughs) and stuff like that. But maybe instead of putting it on a ball gown, you put it on a nice little couture gown that you made with a Vogue pattern. I personally use Vogue patterns, like dress patterns for other cosplays because I just thought they looked so pretty. And yes, that's basically what cos fashion is. It's basically your most fashionable take on a character that you're cosplaying, which I like that a lot because it allows you to deviate. There's no wrong answer. Right. It really unlocked something in my imagination. Like, okay, so what if I was someone who liked the Disney princesses, but I wasn't like a big ball gown person? What if I wanted to change it to some kind of really elegant sequin jumpsuit or something to change the style a little bit or a different kind of gown that might be a little more streamlined and sleek than the big puffy outward gown? And so it's taking on some of the principal characters and traits of a costume or of a character and transforming those into one's particular highest version of fashion. Make it make sense for them. That's really amazing. Right, because the possibilities are absolutely endless for whatever it is that you want to do. People do Victorian versions of the Disney princesses and stuff like that. You can literally do that and there's no wrong answer because you create the narrative in this case around the character that you're cosplaying, which is, again, it's a very fun power to wield. I love it. It can go like either way. People have done princess versions of Marvel characters because Marvel is officially a Disney IP. So people take elements like that and they play around with it. There's this one thing for the X-Men, like the Hellfire Gala, which is just like all of the Marvel characters, gala versions of their standard costumes. So wow, it's whatever you want it to be. And depending on how you make it, it doesn't even have to be for a cosplay event either. You could just casually walk out wherever in this costume. I really love that. I'm not sure. Are you keeping up with Miss Marvel? I don't know if you started watching that. Yeah, I finished Miss Marvel. I'm currently watching She-Hulk. I'm caught up to all of that, I'm happy to say. But with this young girl, her family is from India, I believe, or Pakistan? Pakistan. Pakistan. Her family is from Pakistan. She becomes this superhero. And the way they do it with such beautiful specificity, cultural specificity, trying to figure out, like, her mom is very traditional and what can she use versus not use. I don't 
don't know. It was just really beautifully done, I thought. I thought it was really cool to watch the two characters try to figure out what they could make. And I thought that's so cute, like to see these kids trying to use their resources to create something, I don't know, that really speaks to her cultural experience. And I don't know, I just thought it was very cool. Absolutely. I totally get what you're saying there. And I liked it too. The costume is not just like another superhero costume, like spandex and stuff like that, but this, it's a cultural identity because of the way that the costume is designed specifically for her. And it has me specifically for her. I absolutely liked how they did that because I think also, too, we're so used to comic books and comic book culture being so very American, only a standard type of American. Yes, very American and very white and traditionally male. And then people realize that non-white, non-male people have money as well and like to buy things, including movie tickets. Right. And so they start like saying, hey, wait a minute, let's let more people get involved. And I know this becomes like a bit of a controversy in the cosplay community around canon. And I don't know if this issue is still as hot as it was, or do you just find, like I do, I tend to just spend time with people who feed me. I enjoy being in community with other Black folks, and I don't ever feel like I need to go and audition myself for anybody else's community. But I'm wondering if, has that melted or thawed any this idea of, you know, you have, what, 10,000 people at a con and there's somebody there saying, oh, wait a minute, that's not what Batman's supposed to look like. I mean, are people doing that anymore? Or is that just played out? I mean, it still exists. I haven't seen it because not for nothing, when it comes to the pop culture space, especially at like conventions nowadays, online events, Black people are dominating. We are dominating these spaces (laughs) and folks are listening. We just have a very low tolerance for that. So really when people do come with that type of energy, it's really like they're talking to themselves because it's like you're not being heard. Even if you are upset, whatever character is like, oh, it's your favorite character. Well, she's going to be black today. (laughs) (laughs) And that's literally a thing with us. Like she's going to be black today. Not sorry. Black today. Exactly. And it's like, guess what? Naruto and all of the folks from Avatar, none of them are white people. None of so them. So how about y'all stop acting like you get to be the ones that say what people look like and what people do? You know, it's kind of like the same thing with the Little Mermaid thing, how people were in <gasps> such an uproar about that. And it's just like, she's going to be black. I don't know what you want. going to be black. I don't know what you want me to do. She's going to be black. It's the end of discussion. It's not up for debate. It's not up for public vote. It just is what it is. And you can keep it moving. Keep it moving moving. I mean, we've had to keep it moving and we've figured, haven't we? We've had to keep it moving, but we've just carved out a space for ourselves finally. And I think that pop culturally, companies and stuff like that, they're waking up to the fact that, again, Mrs. Marvel's costume doesn't look like a standard American comic book superhero costume, but that's because everyone's America looks different. And that's why everyone's America looks different and everyone's version of these characters and how they make them themselves looks different because it's meant to reflect what you see, what you find invaluable, what articulates your great joys about Deadpool and about all the other characters that you've cosplayed. I love that. And I don't even mean to give them any type of attention on this platform. I just wanted to just emphasize that what you are doing is just of such radical richness, you know, that it's not an alternative. It is a dominant. It is dominant that we get to start and begin with ourselves just like anybody else. Hey, friends. Hey. 
Stop on by the Black Women's Stitch Patreon page and help us gain 200 new subscribers by the end of 2022. The Black Women's Stitch Patreon page has been recalibrated to reflect three levels of giving with excellent benefits in each tier. Beginning at $5 a month, the Black Women's Stitch Patreon includes benefits such as videos of the Stitch Please podcast, monthly stitch-ups, direct video messaging, a quarterly gift, and more. So check out the Black Women's Stitch Patreon and help us get 200 new subscribers by the end of 2022. The link to the Black Women's Stitch Patreon page is in the show notes. Help us help you get your stitch together. And thank you. And so you said you have some pretty exciting things that have happened since we last spoke a few, it feels like a few short months ago. What is happening in the Kia Sangria corner of the cosplay universe? I must know. For one, I am working with another fabric company. Its name is Zelou Fabrics. I know Zelou. Very designer. Yes. So me and the CEO, Darren, we've been building a very like close relationship. I've been to the showroom and stuff like that. And we're really looking to increase his business, but also get him out there to cosplayers and designers alike. I actually just finished updating his website for October. I just finished designing that for him. Well Getting done. His email list together. So please go ahead and subscribe to the Zulu Fabrics email list because I have some really exciting Q4 sales for y'all. Okay, I worked out some nice stuff for the holiday season so that y'all could, you know, fill your fabric cash. Yeah, I'm definitely trying to work with more companies to come up with better ways to support maker communities. Yes. Especially cosplayers, because I feel like when it comes to sewing, sometimes we're in the shadows. Mm -hmm. So I'm really looking for opportunities to encourage more people to pick up sewing through Zulu Fabrics. So that collaboration and relationship that I'm actively building going into 2023. Please, guys, please go ahead and sign up now. I promise the emails I have going out for you guys will be so worth it. I'm so excited. Absolutely. We will be sure to put the links to the Zalu Fabrics website in the show notes. And so people will be able just to click on it and to find what they need. Awesome. And any other links you want to share with us, we'll be sure to put those there Thank as well. You. So folks can find you. Absolutely. So what are some of the things that Zelouf has that you want that you were like, oh my gosh, here's a piece that I think that a cosplayer would really get something out of? Because that's something that you are able to do because you have the eye for it. You can look through a catalog and say, okay, that's not going to really do much for my community of sewing because what we're looking for is something different. But this will work. So what kind of direction or guidance were you able to share? Were there certain fabrics that were like, oh my gosh, this is so perfect? Yes. So Zelouf has a very big fabric, satin fabric collection. They have blue fabric in over 30 different shades of blue. Pinks in over 20 different shades of pinks. Orange in like 15 different shades of orange. At very affordable prices too. I Wonderful. Think you can get some really nice satins and taffetas at maybe like $6.99 a yard, $5.99 a yard. Absolutely amazing prices. But the colors... Color is very big for me because as someone that likes to take different types of creative control over how I make costumes, having so many different shades of blue and different shades of green and what have you allows me to customize my looks. So even if I have a closet full of cosplays, even if they're the same color, they'll never all be the same color because there's a shade of blue here, a different shade of navy here. And I think for cosplayers, 
that make their own things mm-hmm. gold mine because some websites you go in orange satin is orange satin girls like take it or leave it whereas like you could go to <laughs> Yeah, is it burnt orange or light orange? No, girl, it's just orange. Right. So it's like if you want a rusty orange or if you want a cream sickle, you can get that. You can get that at a very affordable price. And well, that's great. Yeah. And some people find the options overwhelming. Sometimes I do too when I'm looking in that catalog, but just having so many color options and the names are so luxurious. They have this one blue side called Cartier Sapphire. Oh my word. And it is the most sensual fabric I've ever laid my hands on. I haven't cut it to it yet. I don't know what to make because it's so pretty. So I'm just hoarding it. It's waiting its time for the right opportunity. It really is. My birthday dress for this past July was made out of this peacock taffeta. Oh, so it's like iridescent. And I love peacock. I'm going to have to go check it out. I love peacock. My first thought when I was putting together my birthday dress was if I was a cosplayer entering like a costume contest, when I go on stage, this costume was going to look different depending on where in the theater you're sitting. And I thought that that was absolutely amazing. So yeah, I really want y'all to get into Zalouf and check out this catalog because it is so big. And this company actually sells fabrics to a lot of high-end designers. I can't name names, but a lot of (laughs) high-end designers do come into this office to get their fabric from Zalouf. So these are really designer fabrics at such an affordable price. The showroom is in New York City. I've seen it. It's absolutely incredible in that showroom. And the shipping is really fast. There's free swatches and the swatches are not a little scrap of fabric. They're long. These are long pieces of fabric for a swatch that you get. And free swatches, you just pay shipping and it's not a little square. Like be prepared to have a little roll of fabric. Wow. Which is great if you want to test sewing on something that you've maybe never tested before. And there's no minimums on the swatches, guys. Go crazy. (laughs) That is awesome. That is really awesome. So I was going to ask about, you said you've just finished the Simplicity collab. Now you have a Zaluf collab heading coming up, things that you are just finishing and things that we'll be able to follow and enjoy in Q4 for the next few months. And you're still probably like sewing and making costumes? I am. Yes, I actually just finished a dress this afternoon. This dress is actually, it's a Selkie-inspired dress. I don't know if you've seen the poofy dresses. It's a Selkie-inspired dress. This dress is actually part of a YouTube video that I'm collaborating on with another cosplay YouTuber. So basically, our theme was to design Halloween dresses using the color white and incorporating spider webs. Okay. Yes. To do my spider webs, I actually experimented with some glow-in-the-dark embroidery thread, which looked absolutely amazing. And I'm excited to get this YouTube video up because before I bought the thread, I went on YouTube looking for videos on how people did it, and I couldn't really find one that I liked. So I'm like, okay, mm-hmm. this is another opportunity to make the video that I couldn't find so that maybe somebody else who's interested will be able to click this video and learn something else too. Of course. Yeah, so I just finished that dress this afternoon. And then tomorrow I am going to start on another costume. This one will specifically be for Halloween slash Anime NYC, which is a con in November. I'm a little bit intimidated by this costume because there's so many pieces to it, but I'm also very excited too, because I have to work with crinoline and I've never worked with crinoline before. 
but I have books on it. I have the Singer Special Occasion Dresses book, this vintage book from the 80s. I have one that talks about crinoline. So I'm about to dive into that tomorrow to learn how to work with this. And then I ordered some fabrics for my husband's costume. He's going to be a clown this year. Oh my gosh. Yeah, but the old school one, I guess Marinette style. The character is actually Betty Boop's boyfriend, Coco the Clown. I knew it wasn't going to be a generic clown. I'm like, okay, wait a minute. She's underselling it or she's not telling me everything I need to know. Because when she says she's making her spouse a clown costume, this is not at all what I'm imagining. It's not going to be like a big frilly neck and three buttons on the front. It's going to be something else extraordinary. Yeah, it's going to look really good. I didn't watch Betty Boop growing up. I think I came way after. Yeah, it's a bit old. It's like the 30s. Yeah, so exactly. it's pretty old. Yeah. Wasn't even here. Not even thought of. But it's not definitely <laughs> like a vintage style costume. So I will be making that for my husband next. So the work never stops. I am always doing something, but I like it though. This is my joy. <laughs> I am just loving it so much. I love that it gives you such fullness. It gives me this opportunity to kind of be like, oh my gosh, look what she's working on. And also how you're just so generous with your contributions and your ability to say, hey, let me just show you I can fill in these gaps for you. Don't give up. It's like you really don't want people to get frustrated and to quit. Because before you said, well, I'm going to do some research. And if I don't find the video I need, that means I need to make it. It also makes me wonder, were there folks who were helpful to you or maybe there was help that you needed and couldn't find when you first started? So maybe that's another thing that you're also filling in as well, that you're trying to be that anchor for somebody that support for somebody because someone helped you in the beginning or because you started out confused and had to learn a lot on your own or a little of both? It's a little bit of both, but I think specifically for the type of sewing that I do, which is sewing for cosplay, it's a little bit different than sewing a blouse or a shirt or a pair of pants or a dress. There's a lot of pieces that go into cosplay making. I'm looking to be that resource. Before that, in August, I had actually hosted my very first cosplay sewing meetup in the Bronx. Oh, my word. Because I was like, you know what? Sewing is hard, but I think sometimes like sewing on your own can be also difficult if you're not that experienced because it's just you. You don't know where to turn to. So I got a space on a Sunday for me and a couple of people that I've met on Twitter to just bring our sewing machines, bring whatever projects we're working on. And let's just kind of help each other out and like go through the motions of making things because then we can ask each other questions or learn something. I think for me, because when I first got into cosplay, there really wasn't guides for it, but you also couldn't go to a sewing class in a craft shop and be shown how to make a costume. The sewing classes that I did get to go to when my mother could afford them for me were how to make pillowcases, how to make tote bags, how to make a pair of elastic waistband pants, which were all great things. Like they got me to where I needed to be, but there is nowhere to learn how to make costumes and cosplay items. And so I want to provide that. And I got to provide it physically. I hope to do that again soon. But I think yes. providing it digitally will also allow me to reach more people because the internet was not as big and as fast when I first started getting into this. So really trying to make the things that I know as accessible as I possibly can to people through YouTube and TikTok and Instagram and things like that. Really, for me, it's all about making things 
accessible because people are like, oh my God, can you make me this? Can you make me this? And it's just like, yeah, I could. But it's really like, if you teach a man to fish, he'll eat for life. If I give you the basics, you will start to create things that I could never even imagine. And it's just That's right. now there's so much creativity sitting up here and you just can't unlock it. So I'm here to kind of help you unleash that. Yes. So that's what gets me excited when I will show somebody something and then I start seeing that thing I showed them get put into practice. Like, and I get to see them practice it and I see it show in all of their other costumes and I'm just, go ahead. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> I love it. I really love this. And what I appreciate about it is that you are correct in that for most folks, if you want to learn to sew, you usually teach people to sew through a set of very basic skills and basic projects. And for some people, that's not going to make them interested in learning how to sew. Like, I don't want to make a pillowcase. I don't want to make a tote bag. I want to make a costume. But the traditional method of teaching sewing says, no, you can't make a costume unless you know how to sew a straight line. And you can't learn how to sew a straight line unless you've made some really boring projects. And if you have so much that's kind of mandatory before you do this thing that you really want, it feels less like a training and more like a barrier. Yeah. And punishment sometimes too. Yeah. Yeah. Like, well, too bad you don't have all this knowledge and skills and you have to go get it before you can do the thing you really want. I think there's lots of room, as you found, where people are like, you know what? I want to make this for Halloween and I don't want to buy it. I want to try to do it myself. And there's very little, very little instruction, I think, from that point that allows someone to start with what they want rather than here's a program that you can do, but you have to do it in the order that I'm saying. It's not fun. And I actually had someone ask about my sewing meetup because they're like, oh, do you need to know how to sew to come to this meetup? And I'm like, Jesus, no. <laughs> First of all, come as you are. If you don't know how to sew, we're going to teach you today. But Yes. I mean, you could at least come and watch me sew a cosplay in real time and you can see specifically what I'm doing. Like I can walk you through like what's happening, how to read the instructions. Because I have to tell you, Lisa, people get designed, but when it comes to making a costume, they don't know. So just to fill you in, when I went to meet Darren at his office, I had actually came back from the sewing store um, in New York City and I had some patterns with me and he asked me about them. And he's like, what is that? Because he just sells fabric. That's all he does. He sells fabrics to the designers. He don't know anything about the seamstresses. Home sewing. That's right. That's right. Designers aren't walking in with patterns. No. They're walking in with the drawings. They're not coming with the pattern. So when I showed it to him, I was like, this is the pattern. He's like, is everything in the envelope? And I'm like, no, my child. You have to go. <laughs> When I open this envelope, a costume's going to jump out, right? <laughs> I'm like, these are the pattern pieces. And I actually unfolded the pattern in his office. And I was like, these are the lines that tell you what size you're cutting. Each number here corresponds to a set of measurements on this envelope. And he's like, oh, what is this? I'm like, these are the instructions. So this is going to show you the steps and putting the garment together. And Darren's like, I've never seen this before. He's like, I talked to the designers, but you guys are doing the real work because this stitching it here, he's like, this would make a break garment. And I'm like, yes, you're correct. I started teaching him about bust art. So I'm like, yes, this will make or break a garment because the fit is important. So in order for you to get that curve around the bust area, you need to have a dart on the side. Or at least one, at least one, depending on how big you are up top. Right. Sometimes you need a couple. A couple. But I'm like, this right here, this little stitch will make or break your garment. 
Because the designers still come to him and talk. They're like, I need a thousand bolts of this. I need this printed on this. So he doesn't talk to the seamstresses. So this was his first time seeing a home sewing pattern. He's like, where do you buy these? I was like, I buy them at the sewing store right downstairs from your office. Because <laughs> he's in the same building as Mood. So I'm like, I buy them right downstairs. That is very funny. Yeah, it was. And it's just for me, it was just, <laughs> wow. Like, you guys just don't know. We out here. <laughs> I think this is great. And it's a great example and a testimony to what you hope to do, which is to advocate, to build bridges, to make sure that people have what they need to succeed and to thrive in the things they want to sew and to make. And so by educating this person who owns a fabric store and who is used to working with the designer in, but not the kind of user in, the end user for us would be making the thing. And so I think that that's really great that you got a chance to say, well, this is a whole different angle of people who are very enthusiastic and definitely want to buy your fabric, especially after I show them what they can do with it. So I think that's genius on your part, but also a great service and a benefit that you're sharing with the cosplay community. So thank you for that. Of course, of course. That's wonderful. I just want to be in service. That's really my mission here is. You know, one of the questions I wanted to ask you, and I don't know if you can identify one, but what would you identify as your most ambitious cosplay. That was something I was really interested in, the most ambitious by your standards, because I think everything you do, everything you put on your body looks ambitious to me, because I'm just like, oh my gosh, what? That it looks really amazing. But from your side, do you have one that you were like, oh my gosh, I was really proud of this, or this was not what I expected, but it turned out great. Do you have a story like that of your like most ambitious my Halloween costume is actually going to be my most ambitious Ooh. costume because it involves, again, it involves a fabric that I've never worked with before, crinoline, and I had to get five yards of it for this particular project. That's right. And that's going to be so stiff. It's so stiff. This cosplay also involves me using my Cricut machine to cut out Ooh. like applications and stuff like that. But this has been like a dream cosplay of mine forever. The character's name, you can look it up later. Her name is Bayonetta. I'll actually show you. I'll send you some photos of her design. I'm going to try to get as close to the design as possible. But I have wanted to cosplay this character. And what's her name again? You got to spell it for me. Bayon, like a bayonet? Bayonetta. Let me type it out for myself. So it is B-A-Y-O-N-E-T-T-A. That's what I thought. Bayonetta. Yes. Okay. So Bayonetta, you are going to be Bayonetta. And who is Bayonetta? Bayonetta is a video game character. She's from a Nintendo game. Her third game actually comes out October 28th. Ooh. So I'm also kind of on a deadline here too. <laughs> but basically, she's an icon. I know for Nintendo, people are like Princess Peach, but Bayonetta is a Nintendo icon of herself. Really? Okay, you know Diane Carroll? Dominique Devereaux from Dynasty. Dynasty, yes. That is the vibe that this character gives me. No she is way. absolutely fabulous and about her business, just like Dominique Devereaux. Oh my gosh. Well, her name is Bayonetta. If you think about a bayonet is a weapon. Yes. And then a bayonetta is just feminine, it's flirty. But it's also dangerous, you know. You basically just described her without even seeing her. But yeah, that is exactly what this character is. And 
I wanted to be this character since I was in high school and I'm 29 years wow. old now. So I love it. I just love as a character how empowered she is to make decisions for herself. And I've always looked up to that. So I feel like once I complete this cosplay, like my dream cosplay will be completed until I latch on to another one. But I've literally had her in mind for years now. So this is going to be my most ambitious cosplay, not just because of the design, which I'm using six different patterns to create this costume. Wow. Six patterns. Six different patterns. Leah, combined. We're using Simplicity, Butterick, Berta, <laughs> McCall's. And simplicity. Wow. I cannot wait. Oh my gosh. Girl, please. Sometimes I just be like, oh, this one pattern is a lot. <laughs> There's too many pieces. I don't feel like being bothered. <laughs> and you're like, no, no, no. I want all the patterns, all the pieces. I've actually <laughs> recently started making this harder on myself because now I trace my patterns instead of cutting into them. Because recently I found some rare patterns that Simplicity doesn't make anymore, some rare costume patterns. I, I got in bigger sizes and I did that because if I come across someone who's like, oh, I would love to make this costume. Well, I'm like, if you give me your measurements, I will trace these pattern pieces for you and I will mail them to you and I'll just photocopy the instructions so you can go ahead and try your hands. I like being Oh my gosh. Unbelievable. I mean, your willingness to share information and to be of support. Here's an out of print pattern and you might be interested in it. And I'm going to help you with this out of print pattern by sharing as much information with you as possible so you can make it so it won't be out of your reach. That's just... Wow. Yeah. That is incredible. I'm always hunting for patterns that are in different sizes outside of my own because sometimes patterns cannot be size accessible. When I do find costume patterns that are, I will always buy them for someone else and I can just trace it for whomever. Right. And just say, hey, I found this. And if you ran out, like, here's another copy, etc. Awesome. Now, I have to ask you this question that I always ask everyone when we get to the end. It went by much faster than I anticipated. And so I'm really excited about your Bayonetta costume. I'm going to keep my eyes peeled. You all, this episode is going to release the last Wednesday of October. That means that this Bayonetta costume is hashtag loading right now. Yes. That Kia is, I'm looking at the date that this episode is going to drop. Oh my goodness. It's the 26th of October. And that means about five days before Halloween. So you all check out Kia Sangria on Instagram and on YouTube so we can find this amazing work. But before I let you go, I have to ask, the slogan of the Stitch Please podcast is that we will help you get your stitch together. I'm going to ask you, what advice would you have for our listeners today, Kia, that will help them get their stitch together? Don't be afraid to ask your peers for questions. No question is a stupid question. Please ask us because we want to help you. We're a digital sewing circle. I don't care where you're at or how far you are. We're a digital sewing circle. And I want to see you guys get your stitch together. I want to see the things that you guys make because I'm inspired by you guys too. I'm always looking for like fellow inspiration and stuff like that. So ask me questions because maybe I'll learn. And if I don't know the answer, then I guess we're just going to learn it together. <laughs> 
Absolutely, yes. And on that note, Kia, can you tell us where can we find you? Where can people find you and follow you and learn more about what you're doing so we can see this Bayonetta outfit for ourselves when it's ready? Yes. So you can follow me on Instagram at Kia Sangria NY. And you can also watch some of my cosplay sewing videos on YouTube at Kia Sangria 93. I have a new video that's coming soon. But if there's anything that you'd want to see, please be sure to ask. You can also follow me on TikTok right now as well at Kia Sangria NY. And I'm right now doing a series on all five of my sewing machines and their features. So if you are in the market for your first sewing machine, come talk to Kia because Kia got five. Kia, I saw that. I thought that was really great. So absolutely, yes. Kia Sangria, thank you so much for being with us today. This was really very special. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me, Lisa. It was a pleasure to be here again. You've been listening to Stitch Please, the official podcast of Black Women Stitch, the sewing group where Black Lives Matter. We appreciate you joining us this week and every week for stories that center Black women, girls, and femmes in sewing. We invite you to join the Black Women Stitch Patreon community with giving levels beginning at $5 a month. Your contributions help us bring the Stitch Please podcast to you every week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your support and come back next week and we'll help you get your stitch together. Mm-hmm.